0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl
1: Bikini, Amy Enger,
0: today with my fabulous co-host.
1: Hey everybody, this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro.
0: So a couple of you DM'd us and asked where the podcast was last week. Um, (laughs) Fortunately, we have Chris among the living with us today, but (laughs) last week... uh, I don't know if you want to share with our listeners. I kind of <laughs> spilled the beans there. Oh,
1: yeah. I I was sick with COVID. Um, and yeah, the, our normal recording time was like not going to happen. So we pushed it back later to the week, later in the week. And it was just still not happening for me. So I rallied and doing my slow climb back to feeling like a human again. So thank you guys for hanging in there. I'm excited to be back.
0: Yeah. We're excited to have you back. And, um, you know, can you just share with people, because obviously we all got kind of go through like being sick and, um, -hmm. ways to work around that with like your training, your diet. So how did your diet and training alter and how did that kind of help you get through things?
1: Yeah. So I, prioritized nutrition and made sure that I was hitting my macros so right now Amy has me set up on a carb cycling where I have three days of like lower carbohydrates and one day of higher carbohydrate and it goes through that cycle Um, and because I was getting almost no activity uh, a lot of laying in bed and resting Um, because if you've had COVID you know that it totally like zaps your energy so I could not really prioritize a step goal or cardio lifting all of that was like out the window but I could manage my nutrition and so I just made sure to hit my macros on a regular basis and instead of doing that low and high carb cycling I just did my low carb Days um, because I didn't need the the influx of carbs and calories for that spike. Um, so it, it that was my priority and my focus. And as like demoralizing as it felt to be an athlete that couldn't move or walk to the mailbox, um, I feel very grateful that I at least could control my nutrition and that I stayed on point with that because. At the end of, you know, like 10 days being sick, um, I still feel like my physique had made some progress because I had I had prioritized it.
0: Yeah, you actually had a really good check in. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: it really pushed the mini cut into uh, to some new lows on your weight and your inches. And I felt like your pictures looked really tight.
1: So, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that was very encouraging to get your feedback um it was like reassuring that i was still moving in a good
0: direction that's awesome okay well um just to catch you up on my last 7 days i've just been living the prep life um i started cutting as well like last week and i just have been really enjoying doing sports in the evenings to kind of distract myself um and enjoy something some movement um so I've been, you know, golfing, playing tennis and playing softball at night. And it's just been, it's been really fun and um, a good way to be around people and um, be competitive <laughs> like I am and yeah. um, just get some extra movement. It's, it's crazy how much your steps really change in incorporating something like that. You don't even realize the time's going by. And, you know, on those days that I, I play the sports at night, I, I get like 22,000 steps, And it's crazy, like an hour will go by and you don't even feel like it, it did just because you're having so much fun, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a great suggestion to add in variety to your movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: It's a good way to get the knee up there and not notice it. So um, other things of note that I just wanted to point out, because I feel like this has been a huge game changer in my prep. I am a huge ice cream fan and I would be remiss without sharing this with all prep lifers out there because um, Mm -hmm. I was actually just talking to a client that's from Italy and she was like, I'm never going to have to go back home again because I can make my own gelato. Um, And so I've been making this protein ice cream. Literally the only ingredient is water, the protein powder um, level one, which is like a casein whey blend and then uh, salt Mm -hmm. and uh flavored stevia and when you put it through the ninja creamy I have to pass it through twice um and on the soft serve setting but it literally tastes like froyo which is like my fave and I get to <laughs> eat that and totally stay like I mean it's 150 calories per tub mm. of ice cream and it, it makes a whole pint. So it's been a game changer for me. And Um, Even my kids have loved having it in the house. Um, They've made the real stuff like with the the real recipes with the cream cheese and the like whole milk and things like that. But um, yeah, you can definitely make if you're an ice cream lover, it's worth the investment. I know a lot of people have um, hesitation to have another appliance like on their countertop, but it really doesn't. It takes about the space of a coffee maker. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally use it every day. And I probably shouldn't tell you that I use it three times a day, but I do Um, (laughs) right now. Um,
1: Ice cream, prep life ice cream all day.
0: (laughs) Yes. So it's been, it's been heaven. Um, It's been a good game changer, but I wanted to talk with you guys all about a recent book that I read and it's called The Here and Now Habit. And today's podcast is going to be directed on how that book can be applied to the prep life It is by Hugh Byrne. I think I said that right. And it's basically a book that talks about being mindful, being present and really taking a look at your habits and what habits you're doing that aren't serving you, what habits you're, um, you know, performing on a daily basis that are moving you (laughs) towards your goal. So, I just really found that it was very valuable and I wanted to share it with the audience. Um, Any thoughts before we kind of dive into habits
1: and all that? I definitely found this book extremely helpful. It was uh, very different than a lot of uh, books out there that talk about like routines and habits and breaking unhealthy, um, you know, uh, responses to things. So I appreciated you passing on the book title and being sick. I tried to read as much as I could. Um, And I'm like three quarters of the way through and it's been extremely beneficial. So hopefully this podcast will be a good summary so that people can get an idea and pick up the book. Definitely. If you're looking for a good read.
0: Yeah. So habits are just, you know, we know that there are things that we develop through repetition over time and it's, sometimes we can do them so often that they become automatic and as humans we're creatures of habit and I think that's because our nature is to try to find the least resistant path uh, to homeostasis and if you Mm -hmm. give the example of like driving a car um, you know it shouldn't be challenging every time you get in a car you should be able to automatically you know drive and things like that so um, but when it, it applies to the prep life we t- we typically have some habits that we begin and undertake to achieve that specific goal of getting on stage. And mm-hmm. some of the times, you know, that basically the habit formation is kind of a way to help your your brain out to for us to be more efficient. So a lot of people will say, like, when they're deep into contest prep, like, oh, my gosh, I feel like a robot. Um, you know, I eat the same things. Like I have very set routine, like bedtime, like everything's like very concrete and repetitive. And then they find like when they're out of that routine, maybe post-show or something, then things get like really hard. Um, because you've developed all these habits and then you try to, you know, make those completely different. So, Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, those everyday activities are just going to help us with decision making and um, hopefully fulfill our long term goals, needs and be in align with our values. So, uh, you know, there's certain habits that are going to feel uncomfortable. And especially when you're first adopting them, you're going to feel a lot of discomfort. And that's going to be, you know, a reflection of your needs or urges, but it may not necessarily be that you've really, really connected with why you're doing this particular goal, or maybe, um, you have hesitation because you have had, you know, certain unhealthy habits in place for so long that it's just hard to break those. So what are some of the common, if you just want to kind of like go over the common, unhealthy habits that we tend to adopt as
1: humans (laughs) sure um i think the so on some unhealthy habits listed here are eating uh consumption of alcohol using drugs shopping overworking gambling um, but all of these in an effort to comfort yourself so that's the caveat there um, or you're utilizing some of these behaviors to avoid feelings of something unpleasant, like uh, a- anxiousness or feeling lonely. Um, so, making sure that those habits are adding value and not supplementing for a- another uh, need that you have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of them can be things like, you know, compulsively checking your messages, going online, watching TV where it kind of like takes away from your time and energy and maybe causes you to be more absent in your life and not so Mm -hmm. present in the moment, um, you know, with those that you love and care about. And um, other ways that those can come into fruition is just like, you know, feelings of like anger, sending an angry email, driving impatiently in traffic, getting annoyed with people, Um, and then you know, these things basically, you know, you can come up with a million negative scenarios and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things that you can develop these habits over time. If we're not really like taking a step back, taking a moment to pause and understand, you know, why we're reacting in that in that nature. So do you want to talk about um, like kind of like past, future procrastination, all of that stuff? next yeah
1: sure so yeah there's some habits i think that our mentality gravitates towards that can be negative so um i know i can relate to this one of feeling that you're always on the go or you have to be somewhere or doing something like you have a perpetual do list from the moment you wake up to the minute that you need to go to bed and if you're not checking something off the list you're almost feeling like you're you're not doing something right um and then another mentality thing is worrying about the future, or ruminating about negative uh, scenarios, um, or maybe you're ruminating about the past and you're thinking about like what has happened, how maybe you acted, what you should have done differently. You're spending so much time living in the in uh, a time period that's not in the present. And then procrastination is, um, you know, finding ways to put off particular tasks or projects that you need to complete. So that can be a, um, a coping mechanism, especially if you're approaching a task that you is uncomfortable or you're fearful about something procrastinating and putting it off can be a negative habit in response to that.
0: Good. Yeah. And there's certain, you know, you get kind of cues and, and, things that trigger these habitual patterns and behaviors. So just for an example, if somebody is an alcoholic and let's say they're going to, you know, turning to alcohol to kind of decompress after a long day of work. So something Mm -hmm. that they could do to avoid a trigger would be, you know, trying to take um, like, let's say they go after work to a place where they meet up with their drinking buddies, maybe just, Mm -hmm. you know, taking a different route home or, um, you know, Mm -hmm. doing like a walk outside with that same person rather than going to the bar with them. I know I have, um, I'll give you the specific example because my friends, they like to go out to fancy dinners and like have a glass of wine and things like that. And in the improvement Mm -hmm. season, I can budget that very easily. But like once I get into a lean out phase, it's really hard for me to, um, you know, have alcohol in my macros in general, just because it can cause like inflammation. And, um, Mm -hmm. typically with me, it causes me to eat more (laughs) than I should, even if I account (laughs) for it. Um, so what we've been doing is actually taking these cardio tennis classes together and we'll, we'll do that. Like on a Friday night, we'll take the class. And then, um, afterwards, like we sit at the the bar and I just like have a club soda or like a zero calorie like sports drink um at the tennis club and it's just been a nice way for me to still spend time with them um like we would have at like a dinner and having a glass of wine but instead of like having a club soda with a lime um and we've done an activity that like I mentioned before kind of increases the knee and things like that so you know whether it's you know, maybe you have like a route home that you always hit up this donut shop and have a donut or a fast food restaurant, just trying to make sure that your um, intentions are really strong and clear so that when you find you're faced with a trigger for your habits, that your intentions need to be strong. And they need to, you. they're probably going to come into conflict with with these other habits that you've developed. So um, it's something that you're going to have to like practice a behavior so that you can um, at first you'll need kind of like that crutch where you have to be intentional about like foreseeing something being a trigger and making an alternative plan for the here and now until it gets to become an automatic habit. So, I always tell my clients, like when they have food binging behaviors, you know, in the beginning, it's going to be easy to slip into their old habits if they have things accessible to them. So for example, Mm -hmm. like with nut butters, I was just talking to a client about this. She she makes her own uh, pumpkin butter and she makes jars and jars of it with her food processor. And I was like, I know this isn't as, you know, cost effective or as probably environmentally friendly but right now I know that I can't have jars of a nut butter in my house because I'm realistic mm-hmm. that it's a trigger for me to eat more out of the jar so right now I only buy the barney butter one tablespoon servings and that can be enough for me it's pre-measured it's packaged I'm not gonna keep opening a bunch of packages and squirting them into. <laughs> my little baby (laughs) food jar. I'm just not going to do that as easily because it kind of puts a barrier. So like a trigger for me would Mm -hmm. be weighing out my peanut butter and like licking my finger and licking the spoon. And Mm -hmm. it just, those calories add up really fast. Do you have any examples um, on triggers or things that you can maybe like project and foresee like, okay, this is going to be a problem for me. So I'm going to come up with a alternative solution.
1: Yeah, actually, um, mine's a little bit more ambiguous. But there's some aspects that you can apply to the prep life. I know one of my biggest things from reading this book was that I constantly feel stressed and overstimulated. And it's because I'm not monitoring what I'm allowing in my environment. So for me, like, multitasking is something that I just have to set aside. Um, And That can go hand in hand with me checking emails or responding to clients while I'm eating. And then later on, I may feel like more food focused because I haven't had time to actually like sit with my food and take a breather. Um, Or another one that I am so bad at is being in the gym and scrolling through Instagram or responding to text messages instead of just being present in my my workout because then I'll have, I'll feel like I'm in the gym for so long and then it perpetuates the feeling of stress of like, wow, I've spent so much time here and it should not take this long to get my lift in when I'm actually letting other activities bleed into where I need to be focused. So I think like, um, you know, they're not as like concrete and tangible as like the, you know, portioning out the nut butter, but I do feel like I enjoy my prep more when I'm just focusing on the one activity at a time rather than getting overwhelmed. Because I do feel like when I start multitasking and I try and fill fill out this to-do list and prep sometimes feels like a to-do list because there's a lot of extra activity, whether it's food prep, getting in your cardio, your posing, there's a lot of extra. Um, But if I'm just trying to like mow through my entire day and multitask as much as I can, I get burnout and I don't want to do it anymore. So for my longevity and mental health, I think just setting certain boundaries with my activity has has been something that has been helpful. Yeah, I
0: think that's actually very specific um, and I think it's super relevant. so that was a really good point oh, Thanks yeah. yeah. so I think to as we're kind of thinking about all of this and you can if you're into journaling I think sometimes it's a good behavior so if I have obviously if I have a client that's a binge eater I recommend them to somebody that's a professional that's you know specialized in um, working with people with eating disordered behaviors and things Mm -hmm. like that because that's out of my scope of practice but something that I've just kind of I can I feel like that's within my scope of practice is recommend that they just keep track of a journal of the times that they were binging kind of, what were they feeling before they had, you know, like right at that urge, like what, what was going on then? Were they stressed? Were they bored? Were they lonely? Were they anxious? Um, Was there something that kind of triggered that urge or, you know, is it Mm -hmm. truly like, their stomach was growling, they were extremely hungry, just kind of bringing your mind to the here and now and into that present moment can allow you to understand. And for me, so I, I mean, this is not typical, but I'm just kind of one of those people that when I kind of set my mind to something. I, in the first week of like a dieting phase, I lose a lot of weight. It just happens. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> these results are not typical, but um, I did lose nine pounds in one week um, after reading this book and um, just really becoming intentional with not allowing myself to eat like extra things and really allowing myself to take a step back when I was feeling a craving, when I was feeling an urge mm-hmm. and allow myself that that's okay. Like I can have that feeling and that urge and I am going to probably be hungry and uncomfortable because I am dieting, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm in a deficit and that's okay. Um, But just kind of telling myself that I've had enough, you know, I've had food, I've had, I've nourished my body um, and it may be, you know, something that's uncomfortable at the moment, but satisfying and giving into that, Feeling and, you know, going into the pantry and eating a bunch of food is not gonna serve me for my goals um in the long term. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a very temporary feeling of feeling a little bit better because I'm gonna not be as hungry, but um it's also it's not really aligning with my value at that point. Um so I don't know if that made sense or not, but um yes. any thoughts there?
1: yeah i think as a society we're just prone to look for comfort um there's a lot of availability of comforting things um and when you are prepping you're actually embracing more discomfort than i think the average person just by pushing the limit and so um and and sometimes it's like transitioning into from improvement season to dieting where you're like okay now now i'm feeling the discomfort what can I add into my life to take away that feeling and I think you made a really good point of like knowing that that's a like appropriate it's appropriate to feel hungry because you're in a deficit it's a signal that you are doing what you know you are you are in a deficit your body is responding and it can actually be an indicator of something good versus like, oh my gosh, I need to like change this right away because this is super uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our, our discomfort is temporary too. So I think like remembering that can help you like pass through like that moment and you know, and then continue forward with just embracing it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So when you have this commitment to change a habit or, you know, developing a completely new habit, it's just important for you to make sure that you take some time to reflect on the potential benefits of making the change. First and foremost, think about the potential obstacles that are going to be needed to be set in place to break the habit and then envision effective ways of responding if these obstacles or other challenges arise So just really having the foresight to think like, you know, if I'm in this situation, what are some things that I can do to make sure that, you know, I'm committed to this goal and just really, I think just sharing that with, uh, you know, whether it's with your coach, a family member, a loved one, Mm -hmm. but just kind of talking about that commitment and that dedication and kind of putting that into place so um let's talk about the like mindfulness and some of the practical skills that we can apply there Uh, um i can i can start if you want so just learning to yeah that'd be great okay so you're just going to learn to identify the unhealthy and unwanted habits first and foremost and seeing how they do not serve your needs and then consciously establishing an intention to change in a course of action to affect that change. So that's step number one. I'm
1: lost on the notes. You should just keep going.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Other things that you're going to need to do is connect this skill with your deepest wishes for yourself, see the harm that's caused by the unhealthy habits, and then also bring your actions into alignment with your current intentions. Um, Third would be relaxing, beginning to opening up to the experiencing experiencing and welcoming the good, the bad, and the ugly aspects of adopting this habit because there's going to be positives and negatives to everything. Um, so like if we're talking about dieting, you know, there's going to be a positive in that you will feel um, good, like you're working towards your prep and you're going to accomplish this amazing goal. You're going to have this physique that Is incredible but there's Mm -hmm. also negatives like you might be cranky you might be hungry um you might have less energy and then um another tip too is cultivating a relaxed and non-judgmental awareness in your body heart and mind and that's just to help you simply feel the cravings feel the challenging emotions and if pushed away alternatively um It can just lead to back to the unhealthy and unwanted behaviors. So it's okay to recognize that those discomforts are going to be coming about. And then just cultivating attitudes and qualities that support mindfulness. Like you were talking about, you know, being present with your food, being present in your workout. And then particularly um, your attitude of kindness, curiosity, and acceptance. So you can feel those feels, we're all going to feel that temporary urge to satisfy a certain need. Um, But just kind of, you know, looking at it with curiosity and, um, you know, kind of accepting it there. Um, When you bring these attitudes to your established habits, then you're going to simply acknowledge your behaviors and thoughts as they are without making them wrong or bad. And you'll avoid mm-hmm. adding judgment and harsh criticism to habitual behaviors. So that usually will often perpetuate and reinforce them if you look at them as something negative. So if you say that you're bad because you binge, that's really perpetuating that behavior to happen again um, because you have that guilt cycle. So it's important to embrace the fact that, you know, like, Sometimes we really have high cravings and we give into those. Um, And so Mm -hmm. we just have to kind of accept that it's not a bad thing. It's just, or wrong. It's just something that we've gone through in that moment. Um, And then just focusing on mindfulness, breathing. Um, You can try meditation if that helps you, but Mm -hmm. just kind of getting out of the autopilot and being present with your thoughts Uh, in the current moment that's happening. So are you following me where I'm at now?
1: (laughs) I I am. I refreshed the
0: notes. Guys, I'm totally on (laughs) top of this. So bringing awareness to your thoughts. Do you want to go there?
1: Yes. Yeah. So um, actually, I feel like mindfulness is something that is uh, hard to practice. So I just wanted to throw out two things that have helped me practice being mindful and, There is uh, on Netflix, there's a Headspace um, like that is actually an app as well, too, where they teach you meditation, but they have episodes on Netflix. So if you wanted some type of visual to help you like learn to be more mindful, that was good. And then I also have a on my phone, uh, an app called Insight Timer, which is free. And it has actually some um, meditation, like eating meditation work. Um, So that you can listen to it while you're eating and just kind of like practice. It's it's like a skill. Um, So piggybacking off of that, this uh, skill can help you loosen the grip of like your deep seated beliefs and narratives that cause these habitual patterns of thought and action. So you want to allow yourself to accept your thoughts without identifying them or getting swept up in them, just kind of letting them be.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, in the book, when I was reading it slash listening to it, cause it's an audio book while I'm doing cardio, um, oh, yeah. they kind of gave a, an interesting analogy to just imagine yourself you're on a surfboard and you're writing, mm. riding the waves of these difficult experiences and eventually like it's going to pass. Right. So, but at the time mm-hmm. you are kind of like, you know, on the surfboard, this huge wave, and then it subsides. So just kind of thinking about it as it's something temporary, any kind of difficult experiences and just developing the capacity to stay present within those challenging bodily sensations, your emotions and your mind states. So
1: I love that. That's such a good analogy.
0: Awesome. Okay. So we're out of time, but I feel like, Since we didn't give you a podcast last week, (laughs) should we just finish up? We just have a little bit (laughs) more here. Okay. So I think with making room for those painful experiences and developing the skills and the capacity to deal with them kindly and wisely and just challenging your emotions and mind states, there's um, six useful questions to ask when you're trying to change a habit. Do you want to take those?
1: Sure. So, um, first one is what's my most important goal? Uh, Second is what's my deepest motivation for realizing this goal? Third is what specific action can I take to honor this motivation? And then when, where, and how am I willing to take this action? What's the biggest obstacle to taking this action? And lastly, what action will I take to prevent or overcome this obstacle?
0: Awesome. Yeah. And this, the mindfulness will help you discern whether your habitual patterns or behaviors or thoughts will serve you with your best interest or whether it will lead to harm. So this just allows you and opens up the possibility of choosing your response to your urges rather than acting mindlessly and out of habit. So it's kind of like, it just, it's like the record skipping. Like, I just, I feel like you, Mm -hmm. you kind of just, Pause for that moment to end that cycle of what's comfortable and soothing that item. And it the longer you adopt that habit that's leading you towards your goal, the easier it will be. And that's why I think a lot of us feel like at the end of prep we are sort of robots because we've implemented yeah. so many different habits. Um, but it's important that we still stay mindful of those habits and why we're doing them. And creating still a connection with our hunger and not allowing ourselves to disconnect from that. Because I think when we come out of contest prep, we have a hard time understanding like when we're actually full and when yes. we're actually hungry because we've d- disconnected from our body so much. So don't get me wrong. And this is me trying to say like we need to become robots in prep. Um, if anything, we want to be more connected with those feelings of discomfort. So we understand like what is actually happening, if that makes sense. So.
1: Yeah. I think, um, as people in the sport, you develop a very good intuition about <clears throat> your body and your needs and being mindful is a good, like everyday practice in those experiences to help develop that skill as well.
0: Yeah. And without that awareness, you're going to continue to be like a prisoner of your old choices you're going to be entrenched in your habits, you're going to be repeating these patterns over and over again. And just using these skills and practices that are in this book, you can really train your mind so that mindfulness becomes your default mode. And it replaces these conditioned habits as your way of being in the world. And, um, you know, that's really, that's, you're going to have to work to kind of build your capacity to be present by training that mindset. But once you can bring that mindfulness to about, you can really apply it to any situations. Um, so, so do you want to end with the three questions you should probably ask yourself when it comes to mind? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so good prompts, um, when we're talking about being aware um, so, like, these are really good things if you're, wanted, you're overwhelmed or you're struggling with some type of trigger, you can ask yourself, what am I experiencing right now? Um, and I feel like that first question kind of allows you to look internally at, at, at identifying, like, what is happening. So, it changes your perspective rather than the focus on, like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, versus, like, okay, what am I experiencing in this moment? Um, and then the second question is, can I say yes to this moment just as it is? So, um, being like Amy was talking about of like being cognizant of like what's happening and being okay in the discomfort without having to add in anything to, uh, like lessen a trigger or, um, remove you further from like being present. And then the last question is, what's a wise and appropriate response? So that goes back to remembering, like, what is your most important goal? Um, And looking at, like, long-term versus uh, temporary relief. So just some couple prompts that you can ask. um, I've also heard, like, other question prompts where uh, they ask you, like, what are you feeling right now, uh, which is similar to what we just covered, like, what am I feeling right now? Um, What is happening around me? So it just makes you cognizant of like maybe sights and sounds and just diverting your attention. And then what's the most important thing to focus on right now? So it just brings you back to prioritizing. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a skill, like Amy said, it takes practice. So don't get frustrated, but it's definitely worth developing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so just a couple of housekeeping things before we wrap up. So I was very pleased to see that so many people applied for the scholarship. And so I can get this person, whoever gets chosen, so I can kind of get them ready for maybe like a November or December show. And because the responses um, to the applications were so many, more than I expected. So I'm actually going to cut off the application process on thursday september 1st so i'll be accepting applications through today and tomorrow Um, i will put the google uh, form in the show notes so that you can apply today or tomorrow Um, so that being august 31st is the last day that i'll accept applications so a lot of you have been really good about also make sure you know on the google form that you need to submit pictures of past competitions and then current progress photos Uh, to my email glamgirlbikini bikini um at gmail.com and that's on the actual form but that's a separate step that some people remembered like way later so um once i have all the applications collected i'll start doing interviews and um i just appreciate all the support that our listeners have shown us um through kind words and and things like that so continue if you can to support the podcast this is an unfunded podcast so i know like a couple people in reviews have said stuff about the audio and things like that but just remember like um i think they made a comment like oh you know just spend some more money and get it edited well (laughs) this is an unfunded podcast (laughs) yeah so um we just appreciate you know any sort of positive things i mean i'm totally open to hearing like um the negative too because we always want to be better at what we do Um, we want to grow so I took that as feedback and hopefully you've noticed that I have changed um, the settings a little bit I turned down Chris's side of the volume and turned mine up Mm -hmm. so I think that was the main complaint that people couldn't hear me um, over like loud gym equipment and things like that so hopefully that improved um, because we do appreciate all of our like our supporters our listeners and I want to make it the best experience possible for you but just remember, we're we're on a low budget <laughs> roll here. <laughs> we're doing this stuff for free just because we want to help people out and educate in the sport. Um, some other things that are exciting that are coming up is we have a sixty day bikini challenge, and it should be on our website either today or tomorrow, where you can sign up for um, basically you can try us out for two months uh, without having to. Usually we require a package purchase of a minimum of four months, but this way you can kind of try us out for two months and that will start in, um, September 19th. It's on a Monday and that will end like right before Thanksgiving, before the holidays. So that'll be, um, ending on November 14th. So it's just a good chance to, you know, if you want to train like a bikini competitor, but you don't want to put quite all the, um, the money up front it's a it's an easier entry point to kind of try us out anything to add there chris before as i've talked about both of those things i don't know if i rambled on too much
1: no you know you did a great job <laughs> okay
0: um some of the prizes too are um we thought we'd do some creative prizes this time around so uh first place is a free ggb suit rental which is the value of 200 And then our second place is a free show hair. Um, so at one of our team shows, uh, basically you get free competition hair. And then our third place is a photo shoot. We do those at our team shows as well. So you don't necessarily have to do, um, the team show, but, uh, you could, you know, maybe that can be like a short term mini goal or something to get a free photo shoot. Um, kind of a fun item to work towards. So if you have any yeah. um, feedback for us, please feel free to DM us on Instagram. You can find us at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. This is your founder and CEO, Amy Anger, signing off with my
1: fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.